Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My name's Tady, this is Sex, Psych and Self, and welcome back to episode two. I'm pretty stoked to say that episode one went super well. I've gotten heaps of good reviews and I'm so, um, I'm so happy and I'm so excited and my heart is literally so full. I did have some technical difficulties controlling this one because somehow my microphone has a button that I kind of pushed off and then I couldn't work out how to put it back on and my boyfriend actually saved the day. So here we are again, episode two. Um, This one's going to be a bit of a deep one, a bit of a, you know, intense one. It's the episode is called self-destruction and we're going to touch a little bit on self-sabotage and if you've ever heard that um, saying before, it was probably from your therapist because that's how I learned about it from my therapist. Um, or you've just heard about it, you know, through life. But it's something that we all do. And I can guarantee that at one point in your life, you have done it. Um, I promise you that. But I do kind of want to start it off with just kind of updating you on my week. Um, I had some work, I had some new clients. And we went to the races on the weekend, which was really fun. I went there with all my friends and dressed up and Didn't win fashion on the field, but obviously should have. Some things did happen at the races that I am going to actually include in a later episode, uh, issues surrounding consent. If you follow the Sex Psych Self Instagram page, you would have seen a post about it. So yeah, stay tuned for that. I don't really want to go too much into it right now because this episode is not about that, but it's definitely coming up. Uh, I hope you enjoy this one. Like I said, it's about self-sabotage. What is self-sabotage? You're probably like, that sounds like a very dramatic term. 
Well, if you don't know, it's knowingly or unknowingly taking steps to prevent ourselves from reaching success, reaching our goals, having positive relationships, reaching that weight loss goal that we set out for, as an example. Self-sabotage tends to be a cycle and it is really hard to recognize that we're doing it and it is really hard to get out of and stop sabotaging every single relationship we have in our lives. Um, I'm really notorious for it. I'm really bad for it. I have subconsciously self-sabotaged pretty much every event of my life. Um, It comes with the diagnosis of anxiety, um, unfortunately, and it becomes almost like a habit and a second nature of dealing with things and a second nature to your coping mechanism. Um, It kind of affects your self-esteem it definitely does and it does lead to a level of hopelessness and it does leave you feeling stuck in your current situation and I think it does come with a mentality of why me and why does this happen to me and it does you're bringing it on yourself I'm sorry to tell you but someone does I mean my therapist, yes, I'm in therapy. I mentioned it at the start of the podcast, this uh, start of this episode, definitely brings me down to earth and goes, love, listen to yourself. You're doing this to yourself. Like you, this is so easily, you know, avoidable if you just kind of bring yourself back down to earth, bring yourself back down to this present moment and realize this is how you're doing it. This is what you're doing to yourself. And I think that really comes back down to mindfulness, which I did mention a lot about mindfulness in the first episode. And that really helps with bringing you back down to earth, so to speak, back into the moment and kind of make yourself a bit more real. Make yourself realize some things maybe not true that you're thinking are true. There is a level of severity with self-sabotage, starting with, you know, the low procrastination. I know we've all procrastinated in our life, that uni assignment or, you know, going for a run or going to the gym, you know, procrastinating is when you kind of hold off from doing a task and you make up all these excuses in your mind. Um, And then it kind of goes on to, you know, starting conflicts in your relationships, starting fights about stuff that didn't need to have a fight started about it. And pushing people away, and that is by starting conflicts in your relationships. And substance abuse is kind of at the higher end of the severity of self-sabotage. Substance abuse, alcohol, drugs, uh, your relationship with food. I tend to do this a lot, and I have done it in the past. I kind of binge eating is a form of self-sabotage. I had to really work on my mindset around food um, to get to my weight loss today. I had to change my relationship with that and stop bloody self-sabotaging with it. And you're probably thinking, okay, this is all well and good, but why? Why do I do that? You're sitting, you're, I know you're sitting there because everyone that I have spoken to about this has sat there and gone, hey, I've done that. I've self-sabotaged before. And you're probably thinking, why do I do it? And in some cases, not all, it does come back down to a lack of self-worth when we don't believe in ourselves and we don't believe that we deserve or we can reach and achieve our goals. Not all the time. And I do want to touch on a little bit of improving your self-worth because the level of self-worth you have really affects a lot of things in your life from your career, friendships, relationship. It really comes back down to all of it. 
And that also relates to self-confidence, your self-esteem, how you feel about yourself. The better you feel about yourself, the better your life will be. I know, it's a shocker. You wouldn't believe it was that simple, but it is. I feel like a lot of us constantly tell ourselves that we're not smart enough or qualified enough or good enough to have what we want. And we will act accordingly to what our brain is telling us. Okay, if you tell yourself that you're not qualified enough, you're going to act like you're not qualified enough. That's what I'm saying. You got to believe in yourself. If you want to get far, you just got to wing it, man, and just like put your brain high, be do kind mind and just believe that you are good enough. You deserve the world because you do. I mean, I'm telling you, you do. And the way we speak to ourselves, it really matters and directly affects how we present ourselves to the world. When you don't have confidence, you will stop yourself from achieving your fullest potential. You will stop yourself from, you know, going out and getting what you what you want in your career, in your relationships, in your life. Success, though, can become a trigger or a stressor for people who are notorious for self-sabotaging. People who self-sabotage fear success. They think that, like I said, they don't deserve it. They, they're scared of it. They don't want any part of it. And they'll do whatever they can, knowingly or unknowingly, to ruin that for themselves. Um, I feel like a lot of people who do self-sabotage place the blame on other people. They place the fault elsewhere. It's never us, is it? It's never us. It's never our fault. It's always everyone around us. And like I kind of mentioned at the start of this, I'm really sorry to break it to you, but most of the times it is us. And I'm only speaking about this from total, a place of total experience. Like I said, I am so notorious for self-sabotaging. And I refuse to believe that I'm the one causing the issue. Am I the drama? I don't think I'm the drama, but I am. I, I definitely am the drama. So (laughs) a little TikTok, um, TikTok mention there, but I definitely have control issues also. And I, I do feel better while controlling situations. And that is common with people who self-sabotage. If we don't have control of situations, it it leads to anxiety and anxiety, unfortunately, leads to self-sabotage. And this is how our relationships fail. This is how our friendships fail. This is how our, you know, plans fail, our goals fail. But overall that, as well as having a fear of success, people who self-sabotage also have a fear of failure. Don't ask me how that works, but it does. Um, We fear we'll never be enough And it's a lot easier for our minds to lead ourselves to fail than to lead ourselves to succeed. Believing, I mean, believing that you will succeed but failing is a lot more scarier than believing that you'll fail. And you're probably thinking, Tades, how do I know? How do I know that I'm doing it? Like you said subconsciously, like, how do I know? 
Well, it's avoiding what needs to be done. If you avoid what needs to be done, your uni work, you know, your actual career work, your housework, there's a good chance that that you're self-sabotaging. And like I said, there's a severity to it. So just because you are leaving your uni assignment to the last minute doesn't mean you have anxiety and you should go seek like a therapy and all this kind of thing. But it's definitely a form of self-sabotaging. People with no mental health issues can also self-sabotage. If you're asking yourself, you know, why don't I prioritize, oh my goodness, prioritize self-care and why I'm not caring about myself and doing things for myself, I feel like that is definitely a sign that you're just, you know, leading yourself to fail. If you're focusing on self-defeating thoughts, I can't speak. Um, If you're focusing on the thoughts that say, you know, you will fail, you can't do this, you're not good enough, you're not qualified enough, then you really need to get your mindset out of that and you need to take some steps to change this mindset. And I hope, I hope that this podcast gives you, you know, skills into dealing with that and helping you with that. I know a lot of my friends that do do this and I I think it's such a great thing to do um making lists making lists keep your mind in line they keep your mind focused and they keep your mind on the goal like it's hard to wander and your mind to procrastinate if you have a list of to-do list a thing things to buy from the shops like I do that sometimes it's really overwhelming for me to go to the shops if I know I have to get a lot of things so I'll write a list I need to get you know bread butter milk fridge magnets because those are the things on my list right now fridge magnets (laughs) it's also like I said practicing your mindfulness and identifying things about yourself taking a bit If you journal, that's great. I don't journal. I wish I could. I just don't have the, you know, I feel like I'm not artsy enough to do that. Um, But it would be great to identify what's holding you back. If that's writing in a journal, then great. Bring yourself back down to earth with your mindfulness and identify whether it is external factors holding you back or whether it's just your brain and your behavioral issues doing the holding back. I just want you to remember failure is okay it's okay for you to fail the only person judging you is yourself and the fact that you even tried is the best thing you need to build your self-esteem you need to stand in that mirror and say you did a good job today even if the only thing you did today was go to the gym I want you to know that that's a really good thing that you did. Even if you just finished your uni assignment, have a little party. Yay me. I finished my uni assignment. Celebrate success. Celebrate you and practice a kind mind. You deserve it. Now, I don't want to get anything twisted. If you feel like and you relate to any part of this podcast, I'm not saying you should go seek a mental health diagnosis. I'm not saying that at all. Self-sabotaging is a form of our human nature. It's something that our brain does because it is so scary, anxiety or not, to be a success, to build ourselves up. 
even having a high self-esteem is scary in itself. You know, in this world, we're damned if we do, we're damned if we don't. If you have a high self-esteem, you're stuck up. You're a stuck up bitch. I've been called a stuck up bitch my whole life because of the confidence level I have. And yeah, sure, some days I was not feeling myself. I looked in the mirror and I was like, hey, probably a bit shabby, but I lied. I let no one see the down part of me. Was that a good thing? I don't know. But through the lying, I always, my self-confidence always came back up. Actually, I just want to mention, that's something that always pissed me off. Uh, When I was, I've lost a lot of weight. I used to be, um, you know, 110 kilos. And when I was bigger and I I would have a high level of self-confidence, people would be like, wow, you're so confident. I wish I could be as confident as you. I wish I could wear a crop top and be as confident as you. And now I've lost all the weight. People are like, oh, you're so, you're so nice. You're so funny. No one goes, oh, I wish I could be as confident as you. So what? Just because I was walking around in a like crop top and has confidence, I wish I could be as confident as you. Saying like, oh, you really shouldn't be doing that, but you're so confident while doing it. I don't agree with it. Tell someone they look good and move on. Don't say, oh, I wish I, wish I w-, you know, you're so pretty for a big girl. I wish I could be as confident as you in a crop top. Go to the gym, wear your sports bra, who cares? I actually saw a TikTok of a girl today, actually, and she was t- like videoing herself, building herself up to wear her sports bra into the gym. And she's like, what's the worst they could say? Oh, she's chubby. She's like, why am I afraid of that? And I was listening to this. I'm like, exactly right. Why are we afraid of it? What's the worst thing that's going to happen is I walk out the door and someone says my ass looks big in my tight ribbed skirt, skirt, skirt. Like if that's the worst that happens today, that's all right by me because there are people dying in the world and I'm worried about someone calling me fat in a ribbed skirt. No, thanks. Focus your energy elsewhere, please. Focus your energy on things that matter. Focus your energy on maintaining and having positive relationships in your life. Maintain, you know, focus your energy on stopping the cycle of self-sabotage in your life and creating a life for you that is positive and a, a life for you that focuses on mindfulness and, you know, you live in the present moment. And I know it all sounds like wishy-washy, hippie, you know, oh, good vibes, bullshit, but it's there's actually a lot of truth to it because your life is comes back down to your mindset. The way your life plans out comes back down to your mindset. If you're going to be in a mindset of failure, you're going to fail. If you're going to be in a mindset of I'm going to succeed today, I'm going to walk out that door, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to eat healthy, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to have a good day. Nine times out of ten, girl, you're going to have a good day. In the first episode, we did mention trauma and I definitely am going to go a little bit more into it and I think I'll have an episode about trauma solely. But trauma can encourage self-destructive behaviour. Trauma can lead to a lot of things, um, you know, like self-harm and substance abuse. And there is no way you can stop yourself from being in traumatic, um, you know, traumatic situations. You can't stop yourself. World happens. What you can stop and what you can control is how you learn how you live after that traumatic situation, how you get through it and what you take out of it. Pressure, you again can't stop pressure from, you know, work stresses, 
You're going to have stress in your life. You're going to have pressure put onto you in some lives. Life, hopefully it's not peer pressure. Don't listen to peer pressure, please. But, you know, work pressures and uni pressure and, you know, stresses like that. We can't control it, but we can definitely control how we react to it and we can control how it affects our mindset and our lives. Self-sabotage, like I mentioned before, also stems from a range of mental health diagnoses. And please don't diagnose yourself with mental health issues. It's an insult to people with actual mental health diagnoses, okay? You're allowed to be sad. Humans get sad. Our emotional intelligence allows us to get sad over some situations. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have depression. You can get worried. You can get scared. It doesn't necessarily mean you have anxiety. We have to remember that humans have emotions that aren't necessarily tied to mental health diagnoses. Okay? I just really want to stress that because there's nothing more that pisses me off than seeing people say, oh, it's my OCD because I have to write my notes in a certain black pen. I have OCD. Sure, it might be a sign of someone that has actual OCD that has been diagnosed by a medical professional, but just because you have to write your notes in black pen doesn't necessarily mean you have a diagnosis of OCD. So please just remember that and please remember that there are actual people, real beautiful people out there that are struggling by real mental health issues. So please don't offend them by self-diagnosing yourself. And if you are concerned about your mental health and if you do think that you have signs leading to a certain mental health issue, then go to a professional, get diagnosed. Nothing's stopping you from going to a professional and getting diagnosed. I think a lot of people probably don't know. I just thought of that. A lot of people probably don't know how to go about receiving a mental health diagnosis. And I can definitely, if that's something that you guys would like to talk about, like I can definitely go into that and I can definitely, you know, talk about that in an episode because I talk about it with clients at work all the time. And a lot of, you know, my clients and especially the young ones aren't really aware that that's how it happens it's crazy so if you'd like to talk about that let me know like I have mentioned in this podcast and this is a bit of a serious one because you know self-sabotage is a serious thing and it can lead to a lot of you know risky um, life-threatening situations but I would like to open up and tell you a bit about my journey with self-sabotage I um have struggled with my mental health for a long time. Um, I started becoming more aware of it in 2020. Um, I think a, a mental illness, mental health issues probably opened up for a lot of people in 2020 because of the COVID lockdowns. Um, but for me, that's when I started having very bad panic attacks. Um, I didn't realise what it was. I just thought I was emotional. You know, I just thought I was stressed At the time, I had nothing to be stressed with in my life. I'd, you know, dropped out from uni. I was just working my job as a nurse um, at this rural hospital. I loved it. I loved my job. Um, I was hanging out with my friends on the weekend. Like, there was nothing really to think, like, why I would be stressed. And I kept having these panic attacks and I kept being beside myself and not being able to emotionally regulate myself. And now being educated in mental health and looking back at it now, I'm like, sister... 
they're all signs of an anxiety disorder. Never did I never diagnosed myself. Um, it wasn't until I started having to take uh, sedatives to control my panic attacks that I thought, hey, maybe I should talk to a professional about this. Crazy. Maybe we should. So I went to my GP and I um, obtained a mental health care plan and started talking to my psychologist. Um, the GP and the psychologist both agreed that I had a severe anxiety um, I had severe anxiety and moderate depression. Now, anyone who knows me is probably like, huh? Depressed? You? What? Turns out that some of my behaviours and, you know, anxiety issues was leading to depression. I wasn't really ever severely depressed and I don't believe I still am kind of on the fence with that diagnosis. I definitely believe that I, I do have some anxiety issues because of my panic attacks and the fact that I find it extremely difficult to reel myself in when I'm upset. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not a medical professional as in a psychologist or a um, general practitioner, but that's what I got diagnosed with. And man, was I ashamed at the time. I did not tell anyone that I had been um, diagnosed with anxiety. I thought, again, bringing it back to that stigma, I thought that it was a shameful thing to have. And I thought that people would judge me. I mean, this is only two years ago and it just shows how much, you know, I've, I've educated myself and grown in two years because I'd been a nurse for four years before that. So I, I'd seen some shit but I still thought it was such a shameful thing. And, and now educating myself and kind of growing in my career and, and what I want to do in the mental health field, I, I realise that it's absolutely not a shameful thing. And the more you talk about it, the more you let people know what's going on, the easier it will be for you. And I think talking about it with my friends, I realised how many of them had also been diagnosed with anxiety and see a therapist and we're hiding it as well and do you know the best person that can give you advice on your mental health issues is the person that has been through it themselves and let me tell you I've been through it and through it again so I'm more than happy now at this stage of my life to sit on this microphone and tell however many of you that yes I have anxiety Um, and I have been working really fucking hard on it for the last two years. I see a psychologist, you know, I have steered away from medication. I did try it and it just was not for me personally. Definitely get advice from your, um, your medical team, your personal medical team. But for me, I am really trying really hard to practice mindfulness and, um, really, you know, I, my psychologist does CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. And that really helps me to kind of regulate my emotions and realize that, hey, bitch, you are self-sabotaging your relationships. Leave the poor boy alone. (laughs) And I'm not perfect. And there is nowhere, I am nowhere near where I know I can be. And I, I still have a lot of work to do, but it's getting better. It is. And I'm, I'm really, really trying. And I I still do self-sabotage study. 
Um, I'm the biggest procrastinator probably in the whole world. And yeah, I've got to really work on it, but it's okay. It's going to be okay. And I hope you can listen to this and be like, same sis, because, you know, I know there's a couple of yous out there. Um, also in my life, I have done a lot of sexual self-sabotage. I have, um, when I was younger, I put myself in a lot of sexual situations, um, which I feel like looking back at it, looking back at it now and evaluating it now, that could definitely be, um, kind of looked at as a form of self-harm in a way because I was putting myself in sexually dangerous situations as a young woman and I didn't really care. I mean, I didn't really have any, you know, respect for myself and I'd run around going, I'm a hot bitch. I have so much respect for myself. But sis, you know, 27-year-old TD is telling you that... <laughs> you ain't got no self-respect. Your self-worth is shit and you're, you're leading towards an adulthood where you're dealing with your mental health issues because of what you did as a teenager. Oh, if only we could speak to our past selves, eh? Fuck, I would punch that bitch. <laughs> I hate violence, but shit, 16-year-old TD can get it. <laughs> oh, God, and I hope some of you listening now that knew me when I was 16 is like, thank God she's realised. <laughs> I would self-tan every day before school. <laughs> I would spray that latan in a can on my legs until my legs were literally like little Cheeto puffs. I was like doing the damn thing. I had the bleach blonde hair. I had, can I just like set a picture for you real quick? Sorry, this is like off topic, but I had like the bleach blonde crunchy straw hair with the crunchy acrylic extension ponytail in and the really thick side fringe. And I'd have the really thick eyeliner and the thick fake tan and the pink zinc on my lips and my short little school skirt you know, a little bit of hip hanging out of my blouse and, uh, you know, a lot of boys hanging around because I was easy. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Like I said, if I could talk to 16 year old TD, oh, but you know, I'm here now. I'm a lot better. So (laughs) at least I learned from it. And actually I, I would not change a thing. Hey, I mean, how, my psychologist believes, and I am starting to believe myself, a lot of what I did between the ages of 13 and 16 is what has led to my mental health issues today. You know, would I rather not have anxiety and emotional regulation issues? Yeah, I would rather not have it, honestly. Do I think my trauma and everything I've done in my life and my mental health issues is is what's made me who I am today and as successful in my, you know, career and my profession as I am today? Definitely not. And I think if I didn't do all those things when I was younger, I wouldn't be able to sit on this podcast and make a fire podcast for you to listen to because I'd be boring. Okay. I wouldn't have the stories. I wouldn't have the things to tell you. I wouldn't, but you know, if I didn't do what I did when I was younger, I wouldn't be able to sit here right now and laugh about it with you. And I wouldn't be able to tell you the tea. I wouldn't be able to give you information to relate from. So 
at the time I got diagnosed with my anxiety, I'd also it had a lot of weight loss. I'd lost about 45 kilos at the time. And you know what? I was I have spoken to people about this and once I lost all my weight, I feel like my weight was like a blanket for me. I was always so confident and so like outrageous and outgoing when I had all my weight. And as soon as I lost that, it's almost like my wall, my blanket was stripped away from me and I was forced to deal with what was going on inside. When I lost all that weight, that's when all my mental health issues kind of came out. And I would really love to look at the actual psychology behind that. But I, I strongly feel that the weight loss is kind of what led to it was like a little clam and the little clam was the weight loss. And then as soon as it opened up and all that weight came off, the pearl inside was my mental health issues. That's a terrible analogy, <laughs> but that's honestly how I feel. And, you know, the weights fluctuated. Um, I haven't put on as much as I've lost, thank God, but I've definitely gained a few since being with my partner. And I'm still, I'm very happy with the way my body is um, at the moment but I'm still dealing with those mental health issues that, like I said, I think they were always there, but the weight just kind of hit it. Clinging behaviours is also kind of considered as a form of self-sabotage. And I definitely am a clingy little bitch to my boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> poor bugger. Um, <laughs> clingy. I mean, there, there, again, there's severities of clinginess, girl. I'm not at the top of the severity. I'm not, I'm not hanging on to that guy like a like a, I don't know, what hangs on, like a wart. <laughs> what? I'm not hanging on to him like that, but I definitely do um, exhibit some clinging behaviours. And, you know, just so you know, and we will do an episode on domestic violence. I'm actually going to have a guest on for that episode, um, one of my dear friends who specialises in that. But um, clinging behaviours and controlling, you know, controlling behaviours, that's actually a form of domestic violence. So if you're like super controlling of your boyfriend to the point where he's not even allowed to leave the house, sis, um, kind of reel yourself in and kind of look at the big picture. See if you should still be in that relationship because that is a form of domestic violence. And I think we have to remember that women can be perpetrators of domestic violence as well as men, which I think a lot of us forget. And... We might not even mean to do it, but it's happening. It's real. It's there. But this episode isn't about that. Changing yourself to please others. You should never do that. We know that. We know that we have to be happy with ourselves and be ourselves. And anyone who wants you to change yourself isn't worth knowing. But changing yourself to please other, others. Others. I did that in the first episode too. What am I doing? Um... Changing yourself to please others is also a form of self-sabotage as well as, um, you know, not these are all self-destructive behaviours. Attempts on your life, in my job specifically at the moment, I work with a suicide prevention program and this is probably should be a trigger warning. Um, all my clients in my current position have made attempts on their lives or are in a crisis where it could lead to attempts on their life. And I just want to say, um, just a quick side note, 
that uh, if you ever are feeling like your life is not worth living anymore, please, please seek someone to talk to. There are helplines, Lifeline, 1-800-RESPECT. You know, there are so many helplines out there and please, please don't, don't ever take an attempt on your life. Even if you message me, like, I don't want anyone to ever feel like they are alone or life's not worth living because it, it's definitely worth living. There are so many beautiful things in this world that you haven't even seen yet. So please, please hold on and talk to someone. Anyways, um, we'll move on a little bit from that. Compulsive and addictive behaviours are also... Um, quite self-destructive, impulsive, risky, sexual behaviours, which I touched on before is what I did, self-defamation, self-insults, putting, you know, putting yourself down to others, uh, aggressive behaviour, um, being aggressive to people, so you, you know, with the intention of pushing them away. And they are all kind of examples of self-destructive behaviour. But in a nutshell, self-sabotage, it is knowingly or subconsciously stopping yourself, preventing yourself from having positive relationships or reaching goals or success in your life. If you are worried that you do this, if you think that it's out of hand, you can't control it, please seek Um, some help from a professional. You don't have to navigate through mental health issues alone. Uh, Like I mentioned before, you're not alone. There are so many people in this world to talk to, me being one of them. I don't know everything. I've been through some of my own shit that I can, you know, give you tips and advice. But I definitely don't know anything. But there are people out there that do know a lot and can help you navigate through tough times. Um, and remember, uh, some level of self-sabotage is a natural, you know, a natural element of being a human, a natural part of our, you know, emotional makeup. So don't think, oh, I procrastinated doing mowing the lawn yesterday. Is that what she's talking about? I don't know why you'd be British, but... (laughs) It's normal, okay? Procrastination especially is a very normal thing. Uh, It's just when you severely do it like me. (laughs) It's when it leads you to dropping out of uni like me. (laughs) Anywho, I'm going to leave you today. Thank you so much for coming back to the podcast. Next week, we are going to visit an episode on something to do with sex, a topic around sex. I am so excited for next week's episodes. I'm excited for every episode, but next week we're going to touch on, I feel like a like little drum roll should be inserted here. You can tell I'm not musical at all. Kinks. I'm so excited. I spoke about it in my first episode, how I've researched my episode on kinks. I'm so excited. It's so interesting. It's so fun. And 
I'm so excited to talk about it. So come back for my episode on kinks. That'll be episode three. I hope you've enjoyed this one and I've hope you've um, learned a bit. I do want to leave you with a activity, a little homework. And um, this has really helped me. And this was actually a tip from my psychologist um, that I got. So I want to, I want you to do this. Um, or you can, if you don't want to, that's fine. Before the next episode, the next time you work out, walk the dog, go for a run, ride a bike, go on the treadmill, whatever. The next time you engage in physical activity, do not listen to music. Do not listen to a podcast. Don't listen to anything. Enjoy the silence. Be with yourself. Be with your thoughts. I want you to feel every movement in your body. If you are working out at the gym, I want you to feel every muscle that's engaging. If you're walking the dog, I want you to feel every step. I want you to hear what's going on around you. I want you to, you know, be one with what's happening in that moment. I want you to feel what's happening in that moment. And I want you to be the moment. An activity like this is helping you practice your mindfulness. And like I've spoken about multiple times, mindfulness is a very important step of achieving a positive mental health. Okay, do that for me, please. And I'd be so excited to see if you enjoyed it, if it works for you, if it cleared your mind, if it did anything for you. So give us a message on Instagram if it did. Um, follow us over at, um, follow us, follow me on the sex psych self Instagram. It's just sex psych self pod. My personal Instagram is queen Tady. If you don't follow that, um, the sex psych self Insta is where we post all the updates. I post heaps of posts about, you know, sexual health, mental health, heaps of cute little posts. I love doing it. It's so fun. I've been doing it for like every day for the last week and I'm just so stoked. I love it. Um, but most importantly, look after yourself, look after your mental health and finally go have some safe sex. Alrighty. We'll see you next week. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope my voice isn't annoying you already. Anyways, stop self, um, stop, stop self-sabotaging, stop procrastinating. And be safe. Bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tools tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market